Brian, have you heard of a Christmas pickle? Have you heard of it? N um, no. Is that like a like it's Christmas time and I have a dilemma? No, it's oh. a literal pickle. I like pickles. <laughs> I love a pickle. Um, so I, I'd never heard of it before, but I actually learned about it over the weekend because um, I was at this holiday craft fair and uh, there was this guy who was a glass blower and he was doing a live oh. demo of glass blowing. That's pretty neat. It was, cool. it was really cool. And one of the things that he was making was a Christmas pickle. And oh. <laughs> I have no idea how he changed the color on the blown glass. I don't know how this works, but um, a Christmas pickle is uh, a pickle, like some sort of pickle ornament, and you put it on the tree that on Christmas Eve, like you hide it, and then whichever kid finds the pickle on the tree the next morning gets like some kind of treat, like you TBD what that is. Huh. It's a really cute tradition, right? It's, it's I mean, it's, uh, listen, to me it's better, because when you first started asking me, sort of, <laughs> you know, suspiciously about a Christmas pickle, my first thought, seriously, was like, oh no, tell me somebody <laughs> is jamming candy canes into pickles and like just, selling them that way so i'm i'm partly relieved Interesting. like that and and i'm a fusion guy like i can i like a no no no. A, that's not a fusion anybody needs well i was just gonna say i mean that's yeah those those two things in my mind they're just no they don't belong together no but christmas pickle um so also short story long story short story i don't know it's a story but i ended up with a glass pickle <laughs> You got the glass pickle. I did. I'm going to give it to the family um, that I nanny for. Now, do you so, have to come up with a gift as well for whichever child finds the glass pickle? I guess maybe I do since I'm like foisting this on them. They yeah. didn't ask for it. <laughs> oh, man. Do the parents know they're going to be so mad? They're going to be so annoyed. And also, like, I guess maybe I'm also liable for whoever steps on the broken glass pickle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should I, I should write a waiver for that, shouldn't I? <laughs> I don't know if that that's legally binding. I don't know if that'll help you at all at that point. You're right. Oh. <laughs> You're listening to the No Good Parents podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Ariel. Now, do not mistake this podcast for anything remotely helpful or educational. The world of No Good Parents is based in a reality that does not exist. This is parody. Uh, in the world of No Good Parents, there are no rules. And there's no such thing as child abuse. If you want genuine, like real, authentic advice from an expert on parenting, this isn't your show. This isn't where you want to be. Listen to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are actually a lot of really credible uh, podcasts out there. So for many this good subject. ones. I don't know why you're here. <laughs> yeah, but thanks for thanks for hanging out. Uh, so, Ariel, is uh, is Christmas really the most wonderful time of the year? Yes, it's definitely the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most precious and magical time that you get to spend with the people you love most in the whole entire world. The whole entire world, huh? The whole entire world. Well, I'm, uh, I'm already exhausted by trying to, you know, live up to all the hype. And we haven't even started talking scenarios yet. So we should probably just get right into that. <laughs> okay. Your one-year-old baby is absolutely enchanted by the Christmas tree. She's obsessed with the lights and especially with the ornaments and has been trying to grab them off the tree. 
You're worried not only for her safety, but for the safety of your delicate and fragile ornaments, some of which are family heirlooms. What do you do? Well, you know, mom or dad, this could have all been avoided had you just, you know, thought ahead a bit and put the treasured ornaments at the top of the tree. But you didn't. We're past that at this point. We're we're too late for that. Right. now, And now we're here. I'm just saying. Um, (laughs) and, And at this point, and since it's, you know, obviously too late to fix your issues, you just, you got to let this play out. I mean, it's survival of the fittest at this point. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, no, seriously. I mean, any worrying you do when now is- When is a one-year-old baby ever the fittest? <laughs> well, he's got to be, he's got to be the fittest one-year-old. That's just how it works. These one-year-old. are my rules. <laughs> one-year-old versus tree. <laughs> or glass ornament. Um, yeah, I mean, so, so really, since we're at this point, since you've laid out the gauntlet for the child- um worrying now it's just misplaced energy can't do anything with that uh so again you d- you obviously didn't think this through so you just got to live with the consequences and if, if this one-year-old girl hurts herself on say a glass ornament then she'll know not to mess with it you know come next christmas if she survives this one and and if she doesn't survive then she just wasn't strong enough so you know if we keep babying not- our babies they'll never make it anyway so this is really for her own good I'm not sure if that's what Darwin had in mind. <laughs> no, I, I think that's it's on the second page of that book he wrote. Oh, he wrote okay. a book, right? I, I, I'm sure he did. I didn't read Probably. it. Hmm. Um, so I think this is a really great opportunity for one of the, uh, I've talked about this before, protection charms. Oh. Yeah, anytime, you know, you've got a kid, your baby's in a dangerous situation, you need to cast a protection spell to protect in this case you want to protect your baby and you want to protect the ornaments so in order to protect the ornaments i think you need to um you know hold one of the ornaments and and uh, say some incantations some simple incantations just like protect this ornament please protect this ornament from do you have to do that for on all the ornaments or just no, I one think, i think just one is probably enough and the other ornaments get the same protection yeah, by that energy is by the, osmosis is that mm-hmm. what it is no just like shared energy just oh uh-huh it's like it's like energy osmosis yeah i don't so even really know what osmosis is frankly i, I just i've you, heard the word used if you cast a protect a protection spell on one ornament you're going to be able to transfer that magical energy to the whole ornament to all of the ornaments and the whole tree. So, so for you, you just gotta, you just gotta put it on the glass pickle. Yeah. The the Christmas pickle. The Christmas pickle might get the magic spell. All right. Well, listen, you should definitely put that protection on it and protect your bank account. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, Our next scenario every year, right after decorating the tree, your family dresses up in matching PJs and takes a photo for your annual holiday cards It's adorable and everyone loves it. However, this year, your teenage daughter has decided she is way too cool to participate in this tradition and she's refusing to put on her snowflake jammies. What do you do? I'm really sad about this because the snowflake jammies are so cute. And this is obviously (laughs) a really important tradition, Um, but you can't force teenagers to do things. That's only gonna make them rebel harder. I think. Oh, I thought I thought you meant literally. You can't force teenagers to do so. I was going to say, watch, (laughs) just watch. Please continue. Your your advice is is probably forcing a teenager to do things. I have ideas. (laughs) Oh gosh. Okay. Um, So I think I, as much as it would pain me 
to take a break from this tradition. We're not, we're not abandoning the tradition forever, but you know, for these sullen teenage years, we might have to take a break. Huh. Um, take a break from the pajama party. Pajama party picture is so cute though. Um, but, uh, what was I saying? Um, let her sort of have a hand in planning the aesthetic for the holiday picture. So she feels like she's more involved. She's more invested. You know, she's, she's able to sort of help with the fashion. If that's something that she's into, maybe she's objecting to the snowflake pajamas because she has really strong feelings about fashion. Or you know, maybe she's, maybe she's triggered by snowflakes. Maybe. Or pajamas generally. Maybe she feels that pajamas are too intimate to be taking pictures in. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. But uh, anyways, we're going to pick out new outfits for everybody and she's going to help. Huh. So, okay. Well, my, you know, my, I, every word, no, everything you said is not right. Um, <laughs> but, but on the PJ thing, like, seriously, come on, this is, this is silliness, right? It's it's not. I mean, nobody nobody wants to get your your family Christmas card and you're all in PJs and you're like, look how cute we are. And I'm not like, it's gonna look great in the trash can. That's just how it works. I just it's really cute. Uh, here's here's the thing, man. You've given your daughter, in this case, your teenage daughter, a direct order, and she's not doing what you told her to do. And it just means that she isn't understanding the true meaning of Christmas and you need to remind her of what that is, right? So you, you let her know what she's missing by taking it all away from her. Take, yeah. What are you taking away from her? Christmas. Take, because, she, what? Christmas I, you know is what? about love. Well, look, she's going to have to learn that love means obedience. I'm just, Listen, here's what you do. You throw her out into the street with no clothes or food, right? And then you let her see the warmth of family, the warmth of good cheer, and the warmth of a heater from the outside. Like literally outside of the house, looking in to the window, naked and hungry in the snow. And you throw the, you throw the snowflake pajamas out there with her and like, these are, no. this is your only option. <laughs> we tried that and she didn't want them. So she can't have them. I promise you this will be the last year she ever disobeys you ever and because she might even wish that she had worn those stupid pjs while she's freezing her tush off i think this might be the, the last tundra. year this might be the last year you see her for christmas but you know what I'm gonna run Fine. away <laughs> but you don't disobey me in my house talking about i'm not wearing my pajamas for the cute picture you're gonna do it even though i think this is a stupid picture now because you've disobeyed me i'm all about the picture see how it works i'm a little scared now okay i'm gonna go move on <laughs> you're you're getting really excited about these pajamas <laughs> you're decorating a batch of christmas cookies with your kids and your eight-year-old son decides that he thinks it would be funny to smush them all out of shape after you've spent time meticulously cutting them into festive shapes his five-year-old brother catches on to the joke and starts copying him it's a little funny the first time he ruins a cookie but you really don't want the whole batch to be destroyed what do you do Man, you have me on disobedient kids today. I, like, <laughs> I it's just is it's it's burning me I from can, the inside out. Yeah, I can feel your blood pressure rising from. <laughs> yeah. So in this scenario, first things first, nobody 
but the baker cares how these things look, so long as they taste good, right? So to the baker, which is usually mom or dad, ah, your cookies are wonderful, regardless of what they look like. But for the kids and the parenting, the oldest child in this scenario is obviously a terrible child, uh, lost cause, frankly, and he wants to make his younger brother equally There's no such awful. thing as a terrible child. This child is terrible. Who <laughs> smashes Christmas? That's almost satanic when He's you think grinch. about it. He's being a Grinch. Oh, terrible. Uh, yeah, so Tell him that he's one, giving you Grinch vibes and you don't like it. What is, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I'm just saying the kid's terrible and he's trying to corrupt his younger brother and you have to stop that dead in its tracks. Very important. So first, assuming you're making these cookies with the kids in mind, they should not be allowed to have those cookies. They lost that privilege when they started smashing them or smushing them or whatever word you use. And there has to be some amount of punishment for the smushing. Has to be. Uh, next, you really have to make sure that your oldest hellion knows that, you know, while he's committed to being a disgrace to your family, he cannot drag his little brother down that same dark, evil path. So you should take Christmas away from the oldest child to make this point clear. Wow. And after that, you double down by giving all of his presents to the younger sibling right in front of him because he's obviously a much better child that was poorly influenced by his loser brother. And that uh, gives you the benefit of isolating the older brother so that he understands that this path that he's on, he has to go alone and nobody's going to pick him up when his path leads to his eventual demise and drug use and craziness. Tough love works even on Christmas. Now, you think that smushing, smushing Christmas cookies is, is a gateway to doing drugs and listen, I'm just saying it starts with smushing Christmas cookies and it ends with you doing bad things with a stranger for money in a parking lot. Ooh. Oh my gosh. I'm surprised you haven't ever suggested the whole like sending your kids to the wilderness route. You know, are you kidding like me? You know how soft they are at those things? <laughs> the, those the whole thing where they, they kidnap your kids in the middle of the night and they take them to the boot camp. Yeah, but they keep the kid, they make sure that the kids, nothing bad can happen to the kids. I don't have to worry about such a thing. If the kid needs, if the kid needs total reformation, he should probably, you know, come to the edge of life and death a couple of times without knowing that he's definitely going to survive. Cause you know, counselor Bob's going to save me. I'm just saying, where's the fear in oh, that? Oh my gosh. I'm terrified. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. I'm telling you, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's the next logical recourse after this podcast is just write a book with all obviously about your parenting philosophy. Um, so being a baker, as you say, this does matter a lot to me. Um, I am likely the baker in this scenario. Uh, and it would be upsetting. It would and be I, upsetting. Have, I have had your baked goods. So I, I just will say that I wouldn't really care if your cookies were smushed. I would eat them. <laughs> and I would enjoy them very much. But if I'm cutting them into shapes on purpose then that's what I want them to be doing. You know, like that's, that's the intention is they're not meant to be smushed. There are a lot of cookies that are meant to be smushed. These just aren't, these aren't those cookies. Hmm. Um, so it would be really stressful for me. This would be a stressful situation. And generally I am a huge advocate for being compassionate and empathetic 
And um, I think in this case, it would be really, it would be really hard, but I have to practice that empathy and compassion for the kids because they're just, they're just trying to make it fun. So if it's not automatically fun for them to be decorating the cookies with me, what I think I would need to do is sort of make it into a game. Like who can decorate the cookies the prettiest or the neatest or whatever, you know, whatever I think should be the aesthetic goal here is whoever decorates the cookies, the fastest and neatest gets some sort of prize. But where's the punishment? There's no punishment. They smushed the, your cookies. The smushed cookies are going to just exist and someone will eat them. You know, I mean, I will probably eat them or the kids will eat them. We're not going to give those away as gifts if they don't look the way that I want them to. But, um, you know, someone will eat them. I like to say, see, like I, I would do the whole like serve and shame thing. I'd serve the cookies and be like, oh, yeah, the cookies are beautiful, right? Yeah, except for these ones because the kids <laughs> messed them up. Now it's on these two idiots over here. No, I don't want that. I don't want my like Christmas, my beautiful Christmas table to look like that. Serve and shame. <laughs> oh, no. oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the No Good Parents podcast. We'll get into mo more scenarios right after this. Hi, I'm self-care baby. Christmas is such a tough time to be a baby. Mommy and Daddy are taking me out of the house at night to parties where all these strangers expect me to be cute and smiley for them, but it's past my bedtime and I'm cranky. I may be dressed in a dumb elf costume, but I'm definitely not feeling very dolly, people. I'm the baby, not your entertainment. There's a tree growing inside the house, covering lights and shiny balls that I get yelled at for touching. And why are the socks hanging in the living room? I heard that a big fat man in a red suit is going to land a magic sleigh that's pulled by flying reindeer on a roof, squeeze down the chimney, and then put presents inside the socks and under the tree. Seriously, they've been pumping me up for weeks about this whole Christmas thing, and now they expect me to sleep on Christmas Eve? Let's be honest here. We babies all need some tips on how to make it through the holidays with our mental health and inner peace intact. The grown-ups make such a big deal about giving us presents. I mean, sure, I like whipping open wrapping paper, but I really don't know what we're doing here. Thanks, Grandma, but this weather just does not taste good at all, and it's super boring to play with. Once we open the present, they just stare at us and sometimes take pictures. It's very overwhelming. If your gift-giving experience is as disappointing and stressful as mine is, I have some tough love for you. Don't indulge them. If you don't like the present, don't do you have to smile for the camera. Next year, they'll learn to do better, and your baby smile will be totally authentic. Have you been feeling a little too chunky and cherubic lately? Have the grown-ups been squeezing your thighs and yammering on about your cute little rolls a lot? You have to make sure you keep feeling good about your body through the holidays by staying active and practice intuitive eating. What's intuitive eating? Well, say I know. I'm only a baby. But I think it means stop eating when you feel full, you dummy. The endless Christmas cookie binges might feel good in the moment, but with easy feeling sluggish after a sugar crash, and then you and mommy will be awake all night with your tummy ache. 
some fun holiday activities you can do to keep the extra festive pudge off the waistline include chasing the dog around the Christmas tree, and you know how much she loves that. Climbing over piles of presents, and you get extra points if you climb over the presents while they're being wrapped. And squirming aggressively whenever mommy or daddy is trying to dress you in anything holiday-themed. Which leads me to the next piece of advice. Never feel obligated to wear the holiday clothes. If the grown-ups want to be festive so badly, they should dress themselves up. It's not our job to be a baby Santa, or a baby reindeer, or a baby-wrapped Christmas present. Since we're babies, and we don't get to pick our own outfits yet, my best advice on this is to do one two things. Make your hatred of the holiday outfit very clear by screaming and crying as soon as they try to put it on. And then you calm down immediately when they take it off. And then you repeat this process until they give up. Or, if you can, make as big of a poop as possible in the holiday outfit once they've gotten you into it. Make sure that the poop overflows the back and sides of your diaper and spills into the insides of the clothes so they're totally ruined and need to be washed with bleach or completely burned. This is self-care, baby. Remember to take care of yourself this holiday season and have a very Merry Christmas. Whatever it is that the adults keep saying. Welcome back to No Good Parents. We're talking about the most wonderful time of the year. All things holly and jolly that can also cause some stress-inducing scenarios with your kids. Like in this scenario, uh, your kids are happily playing with their toys from Santa, but your four-year-old starts getting a little greedy and starts to try taking her little brother's toys away from him. What do you do? Ooh. You know, older siblings just have a tendency what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine but actually as we've talked about before in the episode about sharing i think that was episode three episode three Good on you i have no idea it was episode two or three one of the early ones um we talked about sharing so this is a sharing scenario and as i said in that previous episode there really isn't there doesn't need to be such a thing as possession like what's mine yours these things don't need to be defined like everything is kind of communal so if very john lennon of you (laughs) thank you um (laughs) your four-year-old is sort of trying to monopolize the communal toys and sharing is important so you need to sort of emphasize that while she has every right to play with the toys, any toys, you do have to take turns and you can't play with all of the toys at the same time. Like it's not physically possible to play with all of the toys at the same time. So some of the toys will have to be available for her little brother to play with. Hmm. So again, no punishment. No punishment. We're very gentle, huh. gentle parenting here. I'm I'm sure that I'm a yeah, I'm an advocate for gentle punishment free parenting. Generally. Mm. I'm sure there are exceptions to that. <sighs> well, I I I for one find this behavior to be totally unacceptable. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Her little brother is a king in training and she must be submissive to him. Oh. <sighs> 
No, it's true. It's just what it is. If it happens again, you take all of her toys and you give them to her little brother. Because again, he's the king. That's what it is. Little king in training. Uh, you got to explain that she has now lost all of her Christmas toys to her brother because he's the one's going to carry your family name into the future. And her feelings about that come second to nature. It's just what it is. You encourage her to make up for terrible behavior and lack of understanding of the family and dynamic, just the life dynamic, by forcing her to learn how to cook and gossip with the women in the kitchen. Uh, she holds no position of authority or importance in the hierarchy, and it's just better that she learns that now. Uh, so, you know, he, she doesn't have to feel that uh, loss of innocence, that fall from grace kind of a thing. And, you know, and listen, she's probably going to cry a lot about this, but she's going to learn a valuable life skill. And that's worth more than Santa could ever bring her. Well, I hope that her mom takes your toys away and shows you about gender roles in the household. <laughs> She'd only do that if I told her she could. <laughs> okay. Because I'm not in I training. I'm just the king. I don't even know how to address any of that. So I'm just not, I'm just not going to. You believe that this is the year for your 12 year old son to cut down his first Christmas tree. Going to the Christmas tree farm and cutting your own tree is a tradition and you feel that he's ready to learn how it's done so he can carry on that tradition. He is unsure of whether he's ready to do it and seems scared to cut down the tree. What do you do? I, I really, um, of all the scenarios, I really love this one. I know. Because it, it, it does kind of fit uh, the timeline for my family. Sure. Uh, you, see, you see, cutting down a Christmas tree is a man thing to do. And all boys are very nervous when their time comes to grow into the man that they are becoming. Right? Yeah. So that's, that's what's happening here. Uh, and being nervous uh, with very sharp tools is a good thing, believe it or not. Uh, as it ensures due care while handling. That's just truth. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I like to remind my boys of all the times an old buddy needed stitches from handling a sharp tool or the time my middle school shop teacher cut the tip of his finger off in class with a table saw because he was <laughs> he was yelling at us that we needed to pay attention while he was operating the saw. So you tell them those stories but when they're trying to go to just bed? Just before I give them. The, the sharp stuff so that they know to pay attention. Uh, so they get nervous about it. So they know that it's got to be important. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it's important for them to learn that bad things happen when you're not careful and ready or not, like they're going to happen this time if they screw up. So they got to know. Um, and no matter what level of fear the child is displaying, he must follow through with this rite of passage It's very important. And even as the tears stream down his little face, uh, he's got to take the saw and, and you got to let him do it without interfering, right? No, you chop down that tree, boy. You do it. Uh, and if he if doesn't. He, what if he's chopping down the tree and it looks like it's going to fall on him? Like he's, I don't know. Can that this, happen? This is how you learn. Is, this is how you learn. You it's not a 20, you're not chopping down a 20 foot tree. He's going to, he's going to live. He'll be fine. We have insurance. I'm just saying, if he doesn't do this, right? Because of the nerves thing, you have to shame him in a public forum. It's, it's written in the rules somewhere uh, as well, like as in his classroom. You should get a shame in the classroom once kids return to school. Yeah, his failure should be known around the world so that nobody mistakes him for an alpha at that point. He's got to cut the tree down. <laughs> See, I obviously disagree really strongly and don't think that he should be forced to do anything before he's ready. Hmm. I think that... If he's scared to cut down the tree, that's perfectly valid. You know, if 
he needs to cry about it and talk about his feelings. Um, you know, I want to listen and say, you know, that's your fears are valid and it's okay if you're not ready to cut down the tree, you'll, you can decide when you're ready. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. The whole idea of, well, you're not ready for this thing, but life's calling for it. So, you know, you could take a pass on this. I, I feel like, you know, you got to hold him to something. Um, well, I think we just get to make our own decisions in life and we can decide that it's our, it's our choice to not do something if it's not what we feel comfortable doing, you know, like athletes can decide to back out of a big competition if they are not feeling emotionally stable and ready to compete. That's part of right, but they, but supporting they, they, your mental health. But they could lose their job as a result of that too, right? I mean, it's not like, you know, nothing exists in a vacuum. I think there's a lot of times in life where life just hands you a rusty old saw blade and you got to go make something good of it and you don't really get a choice. You just got to do it. You know, like yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to have to like pay, you know, my mortgage or, or rent or whatever, but I'm pretty sure that the people who are expecting that money insist that it happens. And there are, whether or not I'm shivering and nervous about it. There are situations in which you really have to do something um, it's life or death, but cutting down the Christmas tree is not that situation. Cutting down the Christmas tree, you can decide when you're ready. Mm. We'll agree to disagree. All right. It is now time for No Good News, a segment of the podcast where we discuss parents or parenting situations in the news and then comment freely about the story because we're obviously so good at this parenting thing. <laughs> uh, so this week's No Good News on the No Good Parents podcast. I just like saying that. Uh, it's, a, it's a good one for the holidays because um, if you're just too damn stressed or tired to do the whole elf on the, the shelf thing this year, a judge in Georgia is giving you a get out of jail free gift this year. Uh, Cobb County Superior Court Judge Robert Leonard has tweeted out an official order banning elf on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> the tweet reads, uh, tired of living in elf on the shelf tyranny, not looking forward to the elf forgetting to move and causing your kids emotional distress. I'm a public servant and will take the heat for you. My gift to tired parents, Leonard wrote, P.S. Uh, if you love your elf, keep your elf no contempt, which I thought was funny. Um, and then along with that He's a tweet, really funny judge. Yeah. Uh, and he, he tweeted along with that um, an official order uh, to show any disbelieving children. So so what do you think of that? Um, I think that we should never feel obligated to do anything like Elf on a Shelf if that's too much of a burden on us emotionally. Like, if if it's too much work to take an elf and move it around your house every once in a while in the month of December, don't do it. Don't do it. I personally think it's fun. Like I, all holiday traditions are wonderful and joyful and I'm very excited about them, but not, that's not for everybody. No, I, I, I want to, I want to preface this. And I think, I think elf on a shelf has come up before on the podcast and I, I'm not an elf on the shelf guy. We're not, we don't do that in this house. And if there was an elf in this house, I would make it do very immature, inappropriate things that my kids couldn't see anyway. Uh, but, but I will say, um, and, and it's funny that the judge did it and it's obviously relatable because all parents are tired, but I think if this is something you've started in your house, as like the tradition, like, you know, you, you got to follow through. Yeah. It's hard to, to cut 
cut that off if you've already started it. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think it's just kind of like that thing of being consistent. We ask our kids to sort of be consistent a lot. And I think it's just one of those things where you as a parent have to show them that consistency by doing those things. I mean, I do tons of, of ridiculous traditional stuff at many points throughout the year, you know, birthday parties and all kinds of silly stuff that I don't want to have anything to do with, but I still have to do it because, because that's the, the parent job thing. Right. You, you know what I mean? And, and I just, I, and I, so I just, I, yeah, I just think, you, you know, again, the, the best way to have consistent kids is to be consistent in front of them. And, and believe me, I mean, at some point, at least one of the kids is going to grow up and know that you hate doing that stupid thing and that you regret having ever started it years ago, but the kids like it. So you just keep doing it. So that's, you know, well, and and, and at some point they should know you sacrifice for them by arranging that stupid elf. Well, at some point they're old enough to where they like, don't need that anymore. Like teenagers usually like whatever, like, okay, elf on a shelf. That's a real thing. Like, after a certain point, like your kids grow out of that stuff. So if, you're, if you have young kids, keep doing the elf on the shelf, probably older kids. You can, yeah, give it up. Yeah. This will be one of the, the, the few times that I'm ever, I'll, I'll be soft about something like this. You know, um, I just, you know, the kids like it. And, and like I said, you started it. I said, you know, keep doing it. Kids like it. It's not really that big a deal. I like, seriously, I'd rather not do dishes then not have to move the elf around. <laughs> yeah, if I'm just comparing no, things I don't want to have to do. That's how you, that's not like a trade-off. That's not like an acceptable trade-off. <laughs> that's a fair point. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if I had my druthers. Mm, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'll go move the elf. You do the dishes. Mm, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, never works. Um, so every episode, we offer you some suggestions of what you could pair with your kids' favorite foods, usually boozy adult beverages to go with some not-so-great kid food. Um, but this week, since we're still holiday-themed, we're pairing drinks with traditional stocking candy. So that's candy canes, a chocolate Santa, and the chocolate orange. And I, I don't know, Brian, are you familiar with the chocolate orange thing? I, I am not familiar with the chocolate orange thing, but I, I have was a pretty... wondering about that. I was like, does he know what that is? No. Because um, I think that's so like an English thing. Is that so is that like a whole orange covered in chocolate or like an orange slice covered in chocolate? Or is it just like a, 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 an orange gummy covered in chocolate or just so chocolate with an orange flavoring? I think that they actually have this at Trader Joe's. If not, they have it at Cost Plus World Market. And it's like an actual ball of orange chocolate that like you can break off into orange slices. And it's like orange infused chocolate. So it's like orange. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Orange flavored chocolate. <laughs> it's good. I mean, I, it doesn't, it doesn't sound terrible. I like well, an orange chocolate. Well, fortunately, I, you know, for the, for the pairing thing, um, because I know how both those flavors, you know, taste, I figured, okay, I have, I have some ideas. So, but I, I did it as I usually do, wine, beer, booze. So how should I lay this out for you? Go wine, beer, booze. All right. Uh, so for wines, okay, we'll start with a candy cane. I say Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh, did you do here. a wine, beer, booze for every single one of these candies? Yeah, bet your bippy I did. 
Oh my gosh, you're such an overachiever. Okay. No one's ever said that before, but listen, I'm, I'll make this quick. Uh, the, the Cabernet Sauvignon sweet, um, warm spicy notes that should complement the peppermint flavor, tame some mm. of that madness. Uh, for the chocolate Santa, I say a Pinot Noir. Okay. Silky, okay. but it has a bright acidity. Should mix, mix well with the chocolate. And for chocolate orange, I did a sweet Riesling. Sure. Uh, okay. That worked to sort of accentuate the 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 the, um, the citrus and the chocolate orange there, and 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 that should be balanced out by the the smoothness of the chocolate. Um, for for beer, uh, candy cane. I go I go coffee flavored stout. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. And that'll just be that'll be just be like a Starbucks drink at that point. <laughs> uh, for the chocolate Santa, I I, I said a, a Hefeweizen. I don't know if I said that right, but that's that's. I know that's going to work there. It's it's weedy and it should sort of complement the smoothness. The chocolate's got that little sweetness to it. Um, and for the chocolate orange, a white ale is is perfect here. Uh, beer has citrusy notes and should blend well with the orange citrus and also work with the, the spicy notes that are present in the ale. I'm surprised for, you didn't go IPA for that chocolate orange since you like that one like IPA that is orange. I do like an orange IPA. I just wasn't sure if the IPA would pull out the bitter in the chocolate. So I just like, I, was, I figured I'd go white ale on that one. Okay. And, and then for booze, uh, quick here, candy cane, uh, that's vodka, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you smush that stuff up into the bottom of a glass and put the vodka right over top of that. And you're, you're going to serve it chilled and you're going to love me. Um, for the chocolate Santa, aged rum works here. Sweet toasted sugar flavors mixed with the chocolate. Uh, and then for the chocolate orange, um, I took a swing here and I, I thought a cognac might might work. But as you described it, I don't know if that's going to work, but I, I would still try that. Mm. It's, it, 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 that would almost feel like a chocolate orange with, with syrup on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So those are my suggestions. I only had one suggestion for all of it. Oh. One drink to rule Do, do you think would go with all of them? Yeah. All right, what do you got? I'm curious. So I think a white Russian for all of it. Oh, damn it. That's, yeah, that's, that would work. It, it works with all of them. I mean, for, for those of us who are uh, lactose intolerant, I don't know if that. Doesn't work at all if you're lactose would, intolerant. Oh, okay, so yeah, like, so my, my menu is the lactose intolerant menu. <laughs> All right, you're very complex, in-depth pairing options if you're lactose intolerant. And then if you can drink milk, if your body can handle that, white Russian for any of them. It's so stupid. I, you know what? I, I, would, I would do it with all of them. Right? White Russian would have been the right answer. Good on you. <laughs> See, I, over, I overdid this stuff, and you still came out with a better grade. It's just, man, that bothers me. Uh, it should. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. So this is... um. This is the last episode of the year. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Which means, which means that that Christmas is it happened yet or no? No, no, it has not happened yet. So I can tell you this time, happy holidays to you and your family. Yeah, Merry Christmas. And those little crazy people in your house that you call your children. And also Happy New Year, because we're not going to have, we're not doing a new episode until next year. That's right. But we will do a New Year's episode. Yeah. Something special. But not that times out with New Year's. 
Right. No, our new, our new year's episode, our first episode of 2022 is going to be the first week in January. Now, of course, if you were subscribed to this podcast, no good parents, if you were subscribed, you wouldn't even have to worry about that because it would download as soon as it was available. I learned that from Ariel. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, because I subscribe to my favorite podcasts and then I get notifications right there on my home screen on my phone when there's a new episode so that I know like, okay, when I'm cooking alone in my kitchen tonight, I have something to listen to. Yeah. So then you could just have the no good parents, like just, you know, the podcast waiting for you, like stalking you, <laughs> harassing you to come listen. <laughs> um, but but as, as usual... Um, we really appreciate that you hang out with us while we do this. Um, yeah. We hope, again, you have just a fantastic Christmas and holiday season and whatever, I mean, whatever it is you're celebrating. And, and you um, like the idea of a Christmas pickle, you should go for it. And even if you can't find a fancy blown glass one. Like see, I was going to say, I think it sucks to grab one at a store now. I want to see it like made. You want, hey, you want to see the, the glass pickle? I'll show it to you later. I'm, I'm very excited, though, because we're going to find out whether or not um, anything goes wrong with your glass pickle with those kids and whether or not you're being sued. So that's pretty cool. So uh, next time for the yeah. glass pickle. So, so again, um, uh, like, subscribe. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll see you next year um, and all that fun stuff. Bye.